Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and it's hosted by me, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Oh, my, we, we are in baseball season, and in fact, as we're taping this, uh, my Please beloved Braves. Please tell me Braves, Atlanta has My beloved finished. Braves are doing the business to they the already good. They're dollars. giving them the business. Yeah. I love it's, it. It's, well, I'm texting like Joaquin, and he's not run, happy about it. Yeah, of course he's not. It's like a six-run inning, right? They just yeah. knock Kershaw right out. Of course, wow. as you guys are listening to this, we're probably going to be into the World Series, and no one's going to have any idea what point in the series I'm right, talking exactly about with NLCS. Like but anyways, what you should be doing instead of listening to us babble like this is pausing this as soon as I finish my rant here and go to your app, and you should rate, review, and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already, because that would be Brilliant. super. Uh, and you know the social media stuff that I said at the top of the show that I pre-recorded a million years ago. You should do that too. Facebook. Instagram are the big ones where we have chats and, and talk to people and other fans and band members of tribute bands. Oh my God, Paul, it's episode five, four, whatever. I don't even know what it is, but here we are. Here we are. And we're local this week. We are local. This is exciting. This was a good one. This was a good one. These guys had some stories. Uh, I feel like everything they said was a soundbite, which was interesting. And they're from the LA area. This is Vitalogy. And we were joined by the drummer Z and the singer Aaron. And they were a great um, bit of fun to talk to. You know, this chat was kind of a whirlwind of emotion. Um, You went from sad to happy to bewildered to amazed. There's a possible encounter with Eddie Vedder afoot. Mm -hmm. So listen on for that. It's it's an interesting story. Um, Anything else before we just dive right into this? Uh, Other than... It's truly amazing what you can find on Craigslist. Yes. No. Yeah. We'll just leave that open-ended. We will. To yeah. Fill in the gaps. Exactly. <laughs> Before we get into trouble and we have to rate this thing MA, let's get right into this week's interview with LA Pearl Jam tribute band Vitalogy. All right, everybody, we're back here with another episode in another Pearl Jam tribute band. This time, we're staying local. We're staying in Los Angeles and Vitalogy. We have lead singer Aaron and the drummer Z. Boys, how are we? Doing good, man. Thanks for having us. Doing really good. So I have to, I have to ask, how did each of you get into Pearl Jam? What's your, what's your I got into the band this way story? And, and Z, we'll start with you. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me because it's it's kind of a sad story first first start here. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was in college uh, in the nineties, I was in uh, in Beirut, Lebanon, studying at the American University. And one of my close friends, his uh, brother, was in high school. Um, so when I was in high school, I heard it was, it was around the time when uh, Ten came out. Um, I think we're we're dating ourselves now, but. Um, it was uh, so I, I did get into Pearl Jam and I and I, I did get especially into Ten, um, 
but it, I was kind of a, still a casual listener. Um, but, and it wasn't until like, uh, maybe a couple of years after that, when I was in college, um, my close friend, his brother was in high school and he was, um, fanatic about Pearl Jam. And I was a little surprised cause they were kind of new on the scene. Um, and because of him, he was, he would stay over and he would always be playing Pearl Jam. Um, and he passed away really young, which was really sad, uh, with a, with a bad diving accident, but he was the one that really got me into it. And then, um, uh, you know, just Led Better came out around that time and then Verses and Vitology and that's how I got into it. Aaron? Um, I mean, it's not, not exactly a romantic story or anything um, unusual. I remember uh, my buddy Brendan in, in um, high school played this song for me called Even Flow. And he's like, got to check out this band. Um, I instantly fell in love with them. Although the night that it really um, became like a powerful thing for me was, um, was Indio 93. That was my second Pearl Jam show. And I managed to get myself up to the railing and um, it was just uh, a religious experience. And so um, I don't know that I'd call myself a fanatic, but that was the night that I absolutely fell in love with Pearl Jam and, and it, they became a, a part of my life forever. You know, you both mentioned these very indelible memories that kind of shaped your connection to the band. I'm curious, all these years later, what does the band mean to you guys now? Like, how, how, how would you say Pearl Jam's music has influenced or impacted your lives? Well, um, I mean, Pearl Jam is the soundtrack to my life, um, certainly my adult life. You know, there are obviously many bands that I, I love, you know, um, but uh, in terms of the music that has grown with my with with all of us, um, you know, obviously one of the things that's so powerful about the band is their staying power, their growth musically. Um, and so uh, it's been there with me through everything. And I have very specific memories about very specific things when the album comes out and, and you know, I just gone through a, a really tough breakup and, you know, come back was like a song for me that will always bring me back to that moment. And that's just an example where throughout every record and, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it, they are the signposts to my life. Z? Same thing for me. I mean, it's, uh, every song takes me back to that place. Um, uh, you know, like with 10, it, w- it takes me back to my days in Lebanon and um, and then even with the newer albums, like in Yield, I was in Albany. That's actually when I saw uh, saw them for the first time live. Uh, I think it was in 2000, uh, 2002. Um, and then, uh, I mean, just just the same way. It's, it's just every song takes me back to that, uh, to that exact moment. Um, and... I think one of the big things with me too, uh, it was that all the songs, um, besides the fact that it would remind me of something, whenever new songs came out, it created new memories. So uh, that's also one of the reasons that, you know, I continue to listen to Pearl Jam because I know a lot of people uh, or or some people, you know, dropped after the first couple of hits and the first few albums. But uh, to me, I felt like they continued with great material, great music, and it still had that power to take you back to uh, specific moments in life. Uh, you mentioned 
uh, Albany. That's a very random place to be. How, how come you were there? That's a random life, man. Z had a really interesting life. You're jumping from Beirut over to Albany, New York? Like, that's a and you didn't too, even get man. Dubai. How about Dubai, man? Yeah, Dubai. I grew up in Dubai. I've been all over the place. You're a citizen of the world. And then Wichita, Kansas before LA. That's right. That was a big Transylvania. Uh, I think it was 2002 or 2003. Is that the Riot Act tour, right? Yeah. Sorry? The Riot Act tour? Yes. Yes, Correct. cool. Uh, how many times have you guys seen the band live? I mean, I've seen them like a, a paltry, probably 13, 14 times. You a know? Paltry? I mean, well, you know, I, I thought I was a pretty serious fan. And then when I joined this yeah. project um, and started to, to meet some of the fans that come out to the shows and that we're lucky enough to meet and celebrate with. They, oh, I've been to 50 they, shows. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize like they had, you know, they, and it was really developing over the years. But. And some of them are like, I met a guy recently. He's like, I've seen every show since like 91. What? Like, That's just insane. Well, he means every tour. He doesn't mean every, every, every oh, tour. Show. I mean, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, every, every totally impossible. Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there. <laughs> I mean, um, people, people I, talk about hundreds of shows, though. Like, yeah, I talk yeah. to people who, who, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the shows, I mean, one thing uh, I didn't realize, because um, I'm, a, I'm a software engineer as well by trade, and uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of us are geeks and very nerdy when it comes to technology. But when I've been at the shows, I've noticed it's the same thing when it comes to Pearl Jam. Like, because uh, uh, the one show here in... in uh, in LA, I was in, in the floor and I was right in front of the stage and the, the, the fans around me were just like, they would talk about, they were very geeky about like every little thing, like the drummer did this and this is the part where Eddie Vedder does that. And like, it was very, I didn't realize that until I was in the middle of it at a live show. Hence an entire podcast devoted to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hence many podcasts devoted to that kind of That's right. That's right. But you talk about uh, individual little things that these people are geeking out about. Uh, and that's literally what Paul and I do every single week is dissect these <laughs> ridiculous minutia. But do you think you pick up on those things that, you know, your, uh, your avatar does like, you know, do you pick up on what Cameron's doing? And Aaron, do you pick up on what Ed's doing and like holding the mic a certain way? And like, I don't know. I mean, Aaron, you met Eddie, right? In Seattle? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're, awesome. we're curious. Could, could, could you tell us, uh, obviously as a piggyback on Jason's question, because I, I yeah. his question is very poignant. This idea that, you know, uh, what do you take from that relationship that's, you know, built up over the years right. of, of your soundtrack of your life as you mentioned and then in addition to that the actual time you met eddie like what was that like yeah i mean so um the tribute band thing um separate from just pearl jam is something that i didn't know about before joining this project and and i kind of came to understand what a big world it is and in the tribute band world there's a bit of a continuum between the original tributes, which are the impersonators, right? The Liza Minnelli and your Elvis impersonators and all that. And then over time, that seems to have expanded quite a bit to include all the way to the other end of the spectrum, just purely musical tributes, where you're just trying to recreate the music and you don't worry at all about the stage show or the look or anything, right? And so I think we kind of fall somewhere in the middle, right? Where like, I don't think that we actively uh, try to impersonate them in any way. It's really much more just about celebrating the music. But having said that, 
I've listened to and watched Vetter my entire life. He is like the person you know with whom I learned to sing. I, I screamed my voice, my voice hoarse to ten, you know, all the like just countless times, right? And so I think that a lot of that just sort of does seep in. Um, but it's obviously a really dangerous thing because Pearl Jam fans, understandably, are pretty territorial about that, and it can step over the line into being pretty cheesy pretty easily. So the way I always put it is that I don't actively try to impersonate him ever because that will fail miserably. Um, it's just about trying to get the intention right, you know? Um, and I think people pick up on and appreciate that and you can do it close enough. So that's that's how I approach it. And I, I like to think I do it. People have made comments like, oh, dude even holds the mic like Eddie does and all that. <laughs> but uh, honestly, all of that's probably just because I was in my own bands for many, many years and couldn't help but emulate in him to a certain extent because he is one of the greatest singers and frontmen ever in rock. And I, I love the dude. So, it, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I, uh, you were going to talk about mentioning. Uh, yeah. Well, met well, I had a question well, for right. C after so, that. So, so having that be the backdrop for literally running into him randomly, you can imagine was a pretty surreal experience, right? Because... He's just a person, but what he represents to me is obviously, you know, it's a lot. So, um, so the way that it happened was we happened to be up in Seattle um, for, we were hired to do a, a, a birthday show, um, a, a guy's 40th birthday and his wife hired us, flew us up there to wow. play a show at the Crocodile, which obviously is a pretty like legendary venue in history as well. So to even you be couldn't able to play there the show box, come on. <laughs> so we're up there for the show the show was on a sunday we were up there for the weekend you know did a couple other shows and then on sunday we went to easy street in west seattle because we were crashing my buddy's place who happens to live in west seattle and you know it was like the easy street location right so where they did the the, the famous show and we actually the pj20 book had just come out so we bought the book and we were going to have brunch there and they were they were all full it was like a long wait at easy street to get brunch so they're like, hey, go up the street. Um, so we go up the street to this other brunch place and we have our brunch and Z missed him by like two minutes. We, yeah, we, we were, there were four of us, four of us were there at the table. Uh, brunch ends, we're in the front of the restaurant. I say, oh, I, I got to go, you know, go to the restroom before we head well, out. He was, he was in start, the back the whole time, right? And yeah, he was in the back the whole him. time. We didn't know it, right? We didn't know. And so, so Z and um, our bass player at the time, Dave, like, oh, we're going to go to the, you know, the van. And myself and our, our guitar player at the time, we, um, he hung out and I went to go to the restroom. And as I'm walking back, I see this dude with a little girl, um, you know, and holding a little girl's hand. And I, my, like my brain just kind of froze. I was like, dude, that dude looks a lot like Eddie Vedder. This is crazy. <laughs> and I realized that I had completely frozen and I was staring at him because he kind of walked by. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and he's like, oh, hey, man. And I like just totally froze, totally forgot that I had to take a piss really bad, but I didn't care. And I ran back to our table. And I grabbed our guitar player, whose name was also Ed. I was like, Ed, I, that is Eddie Vedder leaving right now. I am not fucking with you. And he's like, what? I said, listen to me. That is Eddie Vedder leaving right now. What do we do? Should we go talk to him? And he goes, yes, <laughs> <We> go. <do. laughs> I mean, I was totally frozen. So anyways, and I don't, you know, I've, I've gotten to meet some pretty awesome folks, been, but I, I, I was pretty starstruck and that does that. Is not you were, you were pretty happen. emotional so, when you met him, I remember. Well, that's what I mean is obviously yeah. describing what this is, what he and the band has meant to me. You know, you guys can understand, I'm sure. So anyways, we ran out of the restaurant. 
um, he was walking down the street with his, his uh, daughter. Um, and I just said, Hey, Ed, and he turned around. And I was like, um, I, I'm so sorry to, to bother you, but, um, we just wanted to thank you. Uh, all I could think to say was the thing I had always thought I would say to him if I met him, which is your music has meant so much to us over the years. And so, uh, I, I did manage to tell him about the show that we had that night for the dude's 40th birthday. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. We totally forgot we were carrying. <laughs> What's that? He said he was busy or something. Well, I'll just say this about, yeah. um, about, about the way he, he handled it. Cause you know, he gets probably pretty crazy fans all the time is that <laughs> he could not have been more generous and kind. Um, obviously realizing it probably, you know, it's probably a lot to take, right? Like to mean that much just to people, strangers all the time. So he handled it really well. He'd sat and talked with us for a few minutes. Um, I noticed that he did like, you know, he kind of held his daughter in a little closer, you know, as a protective father, like not knowing who the hell we were or, you know, like what we wanted. So um, I thought that was a really cool paternal you know, moment. And, um, but he was super kind. And he, yeah, I, I thought, I said, we're playing the crocodile tonight. We're doing a, a show, you know, we're in this Pearl Jam tribute band. And, I, and he said, Oh, I wish I was free. I would, I would come check it out, you know? Um, so obviously he wasn't free, didn't make it, but it was a pretty awesome experience. So That's that was fantastic. It. I will say, I want to cut <laughs> in real quick. Yeah. yeah. I, I also was able to meet Ed once. Okay. I've told this story on the show before previously, but I'm going to do it real quick for you guys. I went to the LA shows in, in the forum uh, in 06. And the second of which I took a friend of mine who's a really, really good friend is Tim Robbins' niece. Tim Robbins, the actor, who is obviously yeah, yeah. very good friends with Ed. Yeah. We got to go backstage after the show. <laughs> I'm like 24. My friends are a little bit younger and they're just like starstruck, right? Me, I'm wearing my free The West Memphis 3 t-shirt, to which Ed loves it. Oh, well. I'm, I'm like chatting. Yeah. I'm like, do you remember I was at uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, 04, with a sign saying, play leash or I vote Bush? Do you remember that? He's like, oh, yeah, you fuckers are funny. I'm like just <laughs> chatting him up. Eventually, I'm like, hey, gr- thanks for playing leash again. That's so cool of you. You know, there's going to be a new, uh, a new thing now to play another song that you haven't played in a while. He goes, what's that? I go, no way. Will you play? He goes, no way. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turns around and goes stone this guy has a demand for us i'm like no 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 no. it's just a request it'd be nice to, to hear no way at some point so basically i demanded action from him and you were just like a super nice guy so i wanted to make sure you knew that you were a better person than me yes <laughs> well i tried to get him to come to the show but you, know, you see what i put up with aaron on a weekly basis <laughs> i know man you must demand a lot so z um all this kind of comes down to how you guys got together, right? I mean, Aaron mentioned this project that he's been uh, happy to be a part of. And so I'd, I'd love to hear how this whole thing kind of came together. So what's the, what's the story of the band? We all met on Craigslist, believe it or not. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Is that um, true, Z? Did, did you meet Dave on Craigslist? Or yeah, you? we all met on Craigslist. Hold on, guys. Oh, Wh- which, which section yeah, of which Craigslist? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always the next M question. M for M? um yeah i think both uh both uh dave are our former bassist um so dave and i uh started the band uh i don't know how long it's been now 14 15 years almost 15 years away wow Um, yeah it's crazy um so we we answered this uh, ad for a, a 90s uh cover band and uh, we obviously were both into the 90s music. Um, and I remember the singer was uh, some guy who was like on American Idol and was like, you're going to Hollywood. And he ended up here. 
I'm just trying to do this cover band thing on the side. Um, but anyway, his name was of, Chris Daughtry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make it, Chris. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we, you know, I, it just that that thing kind of fell apart. But me and Dave, all we talked about was Pearl Jam. We were both huge fans, uh, and then we just talked about, hey, let's just play Pearl Jam and not worry about all the other music. And that, that's kind of how it started. Aaron, were you from from the beginning, or did you come in later? No, I, I came in a, a few years later. Um, I think I was like the they had a few singers before, third. right? Z? Third singer. I was the third third singer. There you go. Yeah. So we had one singer the first year, and then another singer the second year, and then Aaron's been there for over a decade now. Wow. Yeah. Third, third time's a charm, guys. <laughs> <Amazing>. Yeah. <laughs> they can't get rid of me, man. What would you say is your favorite part of being in a tribute band? Not just Pearl Jam, but the fact that you are in a tribute band for a band that you love. I could ask this question of anybody who's in tribute band. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? What's, what, what is about this kind of project uh, gets you going? Like, um, for me, it was, I, because you know, I, I, did, I did some recording and I did, uh, you know, we tried uh, original material and I tried, and I worked with some bands on, you know, original stuff. But I've always loved the performance part of it. Um, and sometimes the opportunities uh, are not as great when you're trying to market your own music or it's, it's a lot more difficult. Uh, so for us, like riding the Pearl Jam wave, uh, at least for me, it felt like, you know, we get more people to the shows. I'm able to perform because I'm performing. And at the same time, I'm, I'm sharing the, this, the music that um, I have in common with, with, with these people that are coming out for these shows. I mean, you, you know when the crowd comes that they're going to know every lyric or every song that you guys play. Yeah. You know, it's got to be every riff. Well, that's the interesting thing about doing a tribute to Pearl Jam is yeah. that, you know, you, you, a lot of the audience, you know, are, they had the first couple records, you know. So oh. designing set lists around making sure yeah, that we're somewhere. keeping things interesting for the, you know, for the faithfuls, but also, you know, getting to all the hits because most people there honestly don't know so you don't play psychology. riot act front to back is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've not done tried that. But I would answer the question the same way that, that, that Z does. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, man. My first, I got my first band started when I was 15 years old and I've just absolutely loved doing it and, and playing music for my whole life. And so when my last original project, you know, like collapsed under its own weight um, and I finally had enough, I thought my time on stage was done and I was fucking depressed. And so honestly, play, being in Vitology, this is by far the longest I've ever been in, in any band. Um, it's, it's a, uh, man, I just want to play music that people love and, and celebrate with them. And then the fact that it, it's music, if I'm going to do it for music that's not my own, um, it better fucking be Pearl Jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like there's no other band I want to do this for. You know? I mean, I, I, you know, other bands I love as much, but just to play the music too, man. So, well, you anyway. both mentioned, uh, the music that you love. So I'm curious, what are your favorite songs to play live? And could you think of a song that you guys wish you played more often or that you wish the band would play more often? Oh my God. Your band, that not was, the band. 
I never get enough uh, of blood. Like <laughs> I'm sure Aaron play does. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I love singing blood, man. That's that's like great yeah. therapy. Honey like, pee. Love, love honey, love. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the list of songs that we wish we played more is like as long as my arm, because you know the catalog's yeah. just too big, and we don't get three hours to do shows usually. Um, Give us two. Give us two songs that like you just almost know. When I saw you at St. Rock in Hermosa Beach last year. You guys played, I think, Breaker Fall. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah. In hiding, oh, I you can, play you, too. You came to St. Rock. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, this is great. Because I knew I was going to hear the 10 hits and the verses stuff. I'm like, is that in hiding? Oh, tremendous. <laughs> and and like, St. Rock, so Rock was one of those shows where I think the fans were not just the casual fans. There was a lot of like diehard fans. And it gave us the opportunity to really play all these songs. Oh, man. These. Rest in peace. Well, I think you had the Nirvana tribute band opening for you, right? Uh, correct. Uh, yeah, they, so yeah, you we had, often, yeah, that's pretty frequent. Look at the '90s, you know. Mm. And St. Rock did that a lot. So, God, I, that was a great club, man. That's a real sad um, casualty of COVID. That club. I um, I don't know. Two songs, Z, that you sh- you wish that we played more often. Or "Blood" is one for you. What's the other one? I mean, for me, um, obviously, um, I like the ones that are cool to lean into vocally so like present tense i wish we played more Ooh. we put it on the set list a lot and then it gets mixed yeah. like oftentimes right before <laughs> during the show because people get cold feet oh the crowd's not gonna like it you know there's too many too many casuals out there you know whatever yeah. like pearl jam played present tense on letterman during the avocado tour so even they knew the crowd will like this believe in yourself your <laughs> yes. intuition well, is right man. Even, yeah well, there's a whole category of things, man. Let me tell you about being in tribute band that I call things that Ed can get away with that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Too shitty, my a, friend. That's Touché. a much longer list. Um, yeah. Um, Anyways, I, I, I would say uh, Long Road is another one that I wish. We, oh, oh, I wish we play. I'll take yeah. that one too, man. Long Road. Uh, great song. Oh man, I love playing that song. And we don't. People are just settling time. in. You can play it first almost every time yeah, if you want to. Well, what's I'm your favorite you, song to play live? For I me, mean, it's those two. Are, yeah, go ahead, Z. Sorry, for, for me, it's Blood and, and WMA, the the heavy the percussion based. Yeah, percussion classic drummer. Ones. In my tree, of course. Yeah. I mean, the the two ways I would answer that question are that I have the songs that I like to sing the most, um, and you know they would be present tense would be one of them, or maybe given to fly. But the songs that I like to play the most are the songs that the audience digs the most. So I mean, mm. you know. Every time we start black, yeah. it's it's just amazing. So I love playing that because I want to play what the audience wants to hear, man. I, I want them to be. <laughs> that's yeah. why we're there. That is uh, Paul's favorite song. Yeah, I was gonna say black too. Like black is my is my favorite song to that listen is Paul's to favorite and, song. and to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know it's funny. I mentioned this to some of the the other tribute bands that we've had the pleasure of interviewing as well. Eddie said, I forget which tour it was. I want to say it was. Uh, binaural or no it wasn't binaural it was riot act i believe if not that then then avocado but they they didn't play the song quite as often for a a period and he he mentioned during a show that it's it's hard for him to sing right and and it's not a song that shows up early in a set list you know what i mean it's usually more towards the end and so i've always been curious as a vocalist, do you find the song challenging? Like, can, can, can you imagine why Eddie would feel that way? Or do you find that the song, it basically, is that song a young man's game? Because Mike's guitar has basically replaced Eddie's voice as the feature of that song live in the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, it's funny because when you said that, and I had heard that too, that Ed said that, but I always assumed that Ed said that because emotionally it was a hard song to sing for him. You know, you just hard right. to like, I don't, yeah, that, yeah. that was how I interpreted it. I don't know what he meant, but that's how I interpreted it. Um, I mean, there's a lot about what Ed does, did, you know, whatever that is very hard to maintain with age. But again, like the super advantage of being in a tribute band is, you know, and we're, we're weekend warriors. We don't do this for a living. This is just something we do for fun. Right. And so we, you know, we play without forget COVID, but like normally we play two, three shows a month. I mean, I, that's pretty easy to maintain. I I used to tour with the band and all that. I mean, Ed's been doing this, you know, hundreds of night a year for, for, you know, how many decades. So it's a very, I, I, I can't speak to, um, you know, whether or not that it became difficult vocally for him or not. But I mean, man, the guy's superhuman to, to be as amazing as he is these days, whether or not he can hit every single note he always used to, you know? Yeah. Um, so for, for a tribute band though, no, it's, it's pretty easy, man. I don't, I don't sing. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I wish I'd sing more. <laughs> it's harder to like restart the voice after it being, you know, a while. So. You know, before we came on, you mentioned that you played your first gig in, well, I guess the calendar year, um, or close to it, um, in Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio. Um, it must have brought you back to 93. Uh, what's, what's this year been like for you guys with COVID canceling pretty much everything, finally getting to play a show again? How is it, I mean, besides it playing live, which you couldn't do for a very long time, how has it affected you guys in this band? It sucked. <laughs> like for everybody. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I hate to, um, certainly not being able to play shows is not as bad a fate as many have had it in, in, in many other ways. So, um, but it's been obviously devastating to the band, but much more so uh, and much harder to take is it's devastating to the whole industry. So we have friends, first of all, friends who do this professionally, like I said, we're weekend warriors, so we, you know, we're not taking it on the chin financially uh, from the fact that we, it's very hard to book shows. But a lot of people have had to play shows where they don't feel super comfortable necessarily, and a lot of these clubs that are like, you know, home away from home for us are, are starting to close their doors or, you know, desperate to to keep it up. So, so it's been really, really difficult, um, and you know, uh, we miss it obviously tremendously uh, to play that show at fantasy springs who they have an outdoor show and they have a lot of great precautions and they do it really well uh we felt really safe there and um it, it just reminded us all i think i can speak for z2 how much we absolutely <laughs> miss doing it it's like you know it, it it's like i don't know it's a little bit of a drug right so um well, with, with every to, drug there's got to be a fix right so i gotta ask right. z like what, what, what's next for the band do you guys have something z to promote or, or something that's on the horizon that you guys are excited about doing like a, a live uh like a, a web show or something like that what do you think well do I, we got gas in coming up z tell them about that because yeah. that mike has a killer setup over there man that's amazing yeah we have gas lamp uh coming up on or i'll have to look 24. up the date it's the 24th, 24th. i think right yeah, yeah. Of, yes. of September of, of October. Saturday, of October. 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 Sorry, October twenty-four. He has a nice setup where um, he has this huge um, high-definition uh, wall of uh, visual wall. Huh. Uh, we're going to be performing inside the club to no audience, and he's going to have um, you know everybody out outside in, a, in an outdoor setting uh, watching us and enjoying some drinks and food um 
it's going to be different for us, right, Aaron? <laughs> with, with no crowd. I mean, it's there, like but... a it's like a dress rehearsal, you know. But he's <laughs> yeah. been uh, just to put a plug in because the gas lamp yeah. in Long Beach is an absolutely amazing place, and uh, obviously they're struggling to keep their doors open. They've been doing this now, so anybody in you know anywhere near Long Beach, I will just say that. They actually have totally amazing food, which is really unusual for a place that also has bands. But um, so they, they do bands every Friday, Saturday, and they've been doing this this way for a while. Seems to work really well. Wow. Okay. So the gas lamp in Long Beach. Yeah. In, on October twenty fourth, mm-hmm. um, as people are hearing this, that'll be very very soon. Um, wow. Uh, I, I've said this to other bands that we've interviewed, but. Tribute bands to, to Paul and myself, uh, I think I can speak for Paul when I say this, is they are massive, um, especially to people who don't get to see the band all that often. You might be in, in the South, the Midwest, and they don't, the band doesn't come through very often. Or you might be in you know, Chile, and they, they come every nine years. You know, it's, or Lebanon. They've never been to Lebanon. Exactly. I've been wanting Lebanon. To, to take the band there. <laughs> so there's definitely corners of the earth that, that the band has not been to if yeah. ever in a long time. And I feel like it's the band's, I'm sorry, I think it's, it's the job of the tribute band to bridge that gap into, we, we I, mentioned it before, totally. the religion that this band, and I, we, Paul and I have said that before as well. It feels like a religion. I told my wife when I took her to her first show in Seattle two years ago, this is my church. You know, yeah. this is where I feel like I can get out every kind of emotion and feel the camaraderie. So what yeah. you guys are doing is bridging the gap as best you possibly can and bringing the love. And that's what, exactly what I felt in Hermosa Beach last year. So uh, your chapels, Jason, the chapels to your church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You guys are the chapels. I, well, we appreciate that, man. That's definitely how, how we view it. It's very much like uh, I always put it a little less. Um, I don't know. I always say we're the methadone to Pearl Jam's heroin. But you know, either way, we get you by uh, until exactly. the next door, hopefully, as best we can. Well, boys, thanks for coming on. Um, everybody, please, us. if you're in the Long Beach, San Diego, Riverside, L.A., Woodland Hills, wherever the hell you are, if you're within shouting distance of Long Beach, get over there on the 24th of October to the gas lamp, go see these guys. And uh, hopefully we have many more shows coming up in 2021, God willing. I hope so, man. Thank you very much for having us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. There it is, Paul. Another uh, interview in the books. Aaron I and told Z. you there was. Who knew, right? What What can you find on Craigslist? How amazing was that? You can find a Pearl Jam tribute band. Is what exactly. You can find. <laughs> and. Like I said, I wasn't wrong. It wasn't Josh and you get kids. This is um, these guys knew their stuff. They've been around the block. I mean, dude, Z's story coming from Lebanon, going to Albany. That's nice. I mean, he's lived all over the place. And then Aaron, I, I, he can't be much older than we are, but he was at, at Indio '93. That's wild. Yeah, it is wild. It's like the birthplace of Coachella, right? I mean, that, it really that's is. Spa- it spawned the movement. Yeah. So um, a couple of things that they are pushing. Uh, I think we briefly mentioned one of them, uh, sort of, in that interview. Uh, October 24th, this Saturday, October 24th, uh, in Long Beach, California, at the Gas Lamp, they are doing a show. Yes, shows are allowed with a twist. And that twist is they'll be performing on the stage inside the Gas Lamp in Long Beach, and everyone will be outside in this open-air courtyard thing, and there's a massive 
TV screen and surround sound so you can watch them rock out live just, you know, on the other side of another wall. And uh, tickets are 20 bucks a person. And you've got to buy dinner there, which I'm told is very good. I believe mm-hmm. Aaron said it was very good, right? Um, Gaslamptix, T-I-X.com for that. Uh, also performing that day, Paul, The Great Pumpkin and Memory Lane. So yeah, a couple more I mean, tribute bands. How, how could you not want some Alice in Chains and some Smashing Pumpkins with your Pearl Jam? It really is a complete package. And, and you know, you're drinking a pumpkin beer so it's really all, the season. It's all yes. on brand, guys. This is all on brand for October. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, one other note for them that uh, Aaron told me uh, just about a few hours ago is they'll be playing Fantasy Springs Casino again in Indio next March. So March 2021, you know, throw it in your calendar and, and say, hey, I'm going to go out and check them out again. Outdoors, following all the protocols, a good time, rocking out outside. And uh, it probably won't be too hot then. March, you know, Indio. I don't whether it is or is not. I don't know when we're going to get to see live Pearl Jam music again, right? With, with everything that's going on. So if we get to hear Pearl Jam live through great bands like this, I don't know how you pass up that opportunity. Uh, and, and there's a there's a chance that you and I could be in attendance for this Long Beach show. We're trying to work out the schedules here, but we are. We, we are. Might, we, it's a tough. It's Aaron tough said, when you know, got we'll have uh, we a beer ready for us. That's outstanding. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Sold. Okay. All right. Well, let's get on to uh, the rest of the show here in our lyric of the week. And our lyric of the week this week comes from a song that the guys mentioned they like to play with well, Z specifically, and that's from No Code In My Tree. Paul, in my tree, we're back to no code. Um, how do you feel about this set of lyrics? Where, where does it resonate to you? You know, man, it's it's this idea of just trying to like hide away to a certain degree and feel something that you can't find anywhere else. And just to go back to the the interview here for a second, because I I see a connection here that that I think is fascinating. You you hear those guys talking about the joy of performing and it was less about anything else other than that. And they found that, you know, it's really challenging to try to market your own original music. And when you have a love of performing, it can feel depressing when you can't get that out there in a way that affords you the opportunity to get out there and perform. But the beauty of Pearl Jam's music is at least in the case of of some of these bands is it gives these folks the, the chance to go out there and be on stage and communicate with people through music and perform and do what they love to do. And that is that tree, you know, they're up in their tree to a certain extent when they get a chance to do that. And I think that that's, that's kind of an underrated aspect about all this is that it's not so much of, Hey, let's just all share our shared, you know, let's enjoy our shared love of Pearl Jam. That is certainly part of it. But if you look at each individual's motivation for the bands, it gives them an opportunity to do what they love to do, which is get on a stage and play music and feel that energy and that synergy and generate that, you know, 
and who gives a shit of whether it was music they wrote or not it's just to be able to get up there and the the coolest thing is that because they're playing music that's so beloved it's going to bring a crowd and it's going to bring a bring a crowd that connects to the music that sings along with the music that enjoys it with you and so it's more than just living vicariously it to me it it's uh it's an opportunity to just share the, the the experience of what music is all about so when i look at lyrics like this up here so high start to shake up here so high the sky i scrape it'll call out to one of uh mm-hmm. the band's best uh blog sites there right little fa- fan blog site i'm so high i hold just one breath here within my chest just like innocence and y- you're holding on to that right because what do we lose as we grow older we lose innocence it's a part of us that we slowly shed away as we drift further and further away from childhood. And as you find yourself up on those branches, it, it, it's a, a very tenuous, very tumultuous experience. And it leaves us feeling unsettled and insecure. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know how to respond and how to react and how to process all that. And we just, we just take a deep breath and we hold on to that, you know? And sometimes that right there is, is, for these guys, it was playing music live. Um, for, for, for me, it might be writing, you know, or spending time with my kids. Um, it's something different for everybody, you know, but you, you got to be willing to hold on to that because if you, if you fall off that branch, you know, it, you're afraid that you're going to get swallowed whole, no pun intended, mm-hmm. <laughs> but by, by, by the masses that are whatever it is that's consuming you at that time. Now, for Eddie, of course, it was just fame. You know, it was this desire to kind of distance himself from all that. Yeah. And uh, obviously, that's not a concern of ours. But yet. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, I mean, there's still this desire, I think, that we, we have to kind of isolate and incubate and just be alone for a minute and, and just, just be distant. And it doesn't mean we don't love our, our families, our spouses, our children, our friends, whatever it happens to be. But sometimes you just have to be able to, to step away and get up high enough away from it all that you can kind of look down and just you're, you're far enough removed from it all that you can have a greater sense of self that you can hold on to without fear of losing that and in turn losing yourself in the process. And I think that especially given the circumstances all of us are living under right now, more than ever, that's something that is is prevalent and important and relevant. And so I would say for everybody involved here, you know, don't be afraid to climb up that tree and just kind of find that innocence again. Or obviously for most of us, that, that innocence is gone. But to hold on to that breath, you know, whatever that breath is, like it's innocence and, and it won't last forever just like innocence, right? It's going, nothing gold can stay as Robert Frost once coined the phrase. But that being said, uh, that moment is part of what makes that so precious. You know, this idea that, well, we're not going to live forever. Youth fades. So what's the point? Well, that's, it, it, it has value point. because it fades, right. you know, yeah. that's what makes it precious. So whatever it is that you're holding on to on that branch, it's the finality of it right? The temporal nature of it, the fact that it's not going to last forever. That is what makes it so precious. I believe Stephen Tyler once said, life's a journey, not a destination. Yeah, right. There you go. So anyway, that's my, I'm off the soapbox now, buddy. No, see, what's interesting is you kind of started on a path that was looking at this from a different angle than I'm about to um, articulate. And it was 
it was a very much more positive way than I'm than I took this lyric. You know, I listened to it again today, and I was reading through the words, and you know, just stream of consciousness down on the on the, on the virtual notepad here on my computer. You know, it's a song about escape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, for Ed, that was escaping fame, fans, right. media, that kind of thing. For us, for everybody else, uh, especially right now, it can mean escaping our current reality. You know, yeah, and, and that's what a lot of us feel the need to do. Exactly, and you know, everyone is searching for a way to get beyond how they feel right now. Everyone is uncomfortable. We're all stuck in a reality that is beyond our choosing. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of escaping which for Ed in this song was the way up, climbing up a tree away from the people on the sidewalks looking for him, wanting a piece of him. You know, we might be going for a drive, diving into music or a book or movies, playing music, um, maybe a new hobby or walks or hikes. Maybe you haven't walked or hiked in forever, but that's a new thing that you're using to kind of get out of this. We're all looking for ways to escape, um, even our thoughts. And a lot of us, we're using booze. Maybe we still are as you're taking a swig of your pumpkin beer. <laughs> Perfect. Don't, don't judge me. I'm not, I'm not. It's a way to escape, man. I mean, yeah. our physical and mental health are taking hits and we're finding, we're trying to find ways to cope. Everything's a coping mechanism, right? That's what the song is. The song is a coping mechanism. Yeah. With, I mean, with, what, what are we doing? How many, how many years do we start? Did we discuss starting a podcast like this? And I mean, how many you and I were talking about this stuff. I remember right. you and I talking about, not a slight sidebar here. You and I remember talking about Pearl Jam one of the first couple of times we ever met in 2008. Yeah. At a bar called Happy Endings Jones. Oh, Jones. Right. That was Jones. Jones on Santa Monica Boulevard in, right. in Los Angeles, California. Uh, great bar, which I haven't been to in a while. But I think back to that. I think about how we're doing these shows and, you know, like you said, we're searching for that innocence. You know, how did we feel? You know, our first episode was how did we get into the band? And and it was the way that the band made us feel. We're always searching for that in the music. And this song is representation of how we feel about life right now. In my opinion, you know, finding, looking for that clean feeling, you know, talk about a song like wash and a clean love. It's kind of this, a similar kind of feeling, uh, a similar kind of concept. So now, now we're looking for a clean feeling of self, figuratively and literally. If we're if we're boozing it up, you know, it's a little too much. So it's <laughs> this uh, again. No judgment. I kind of wish I had a beer with me right now. Although there is a beer fridge about four feet away from me that I could just. There you uh, go. Um, so this song has always been a really interesting song. It was one that I probably didn't really care for back in the day, but especially oh, I loved lyrics, it when I first heard this. I mean, really? it, it's tr- this is one of those songs. And, and John um, from uh, Corduroy told us a couple weeks ago that he he loved No Code when it first came out. Yeah. Um, that is kind of rare, I think. If I can if I can make that um, generalization, I believe most people when they first heard it were like, "Huh," and that was kind of my reaction. Uh, in my tree, took a while for it to kind of catch on, but it was probably one of the first songs that I really grabbed onto of that album once I start, finally started wrapping my brain around it and my brain matured enough to be like, oh yeah, I get what's going on here. Um, so this idea of escape and, and and finding a clean, innocent self again, just to kind of hold on to, to regain your, your spirit, if you will, mm-hmm. it is very powerful and very necessary. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the live version of this that we're going to hear because... I need to feel that again. 
Yeah. And here is that live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Okay, Paul. So the live version of In My Tree, your favorite live version. Just tell me, just tell me where we're going. We're going back to Berlin, Jason. We're going back to Berlin. We're going back and to Berlin. We right. talked about Berlin last week. We talked about it before, but last week was the most recent time. Uh, your favorite version of Present Tense was from this mm-hmm. Berlin show, yeah. November 3rd, 96. Um, that's a really, really good show. Hence why we're going back to it with In My Tree. What are we trying to say about this, Paul? Well, there's a couple things. Number one, you know, as mentioned before, the show was broadcast all around the world on radio. It's it's a wonderful soundboard recording. Uh, we didn't get a lot of great recordings from 96 and 95. I mean, I'm not saying there are none out there, but there's only a handful that really stand out. It's not like the band was releasing them the way that they did before. And it wasn't until 98 that you got those live compilations like live on, on two legs. So this particular show here was kind of like I felt was one of the crown jewels of that particular tour. And so when I'm looking for the best version of this track, I'm, I'm first and foremost, as you know, I'm going to the, the actual tour from the album and I'm, I'm trying to find something that stands out, you know, and, and I felt like this particular performance really, really stood out. And what was interesting is, you know, there's something about being in a band, not that I know this from personal experience, but being in a band and then traveling to a foreign country and then singing a song like this where you're talking about escape. And I, I'm listening to these lyrics and I'm imagining Eddie staring out at this, this vast swath of fans out there. And he's thinking to himself, I mean, these people don't know me from Adam. You know what I mean? Like they, they live in a world that's so far different from mine growing up in San Diego, Chicago, Seattle, you know, and this is the definition of fame. Here I am playing this show in Berlin, Germany right now. And it's sold out. Exactly. And it's just like massive crowds and everybody's into it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's awesome. But there's also this desire of like, I, I think I got to escape this, you know, um, or I feel the need to escape. this. I think this is part of what kind of generates that desire. Uh, or, or I could be totally wrong. Maybe this is their home, their happy place when they're away from America and it's just people who show up and want the music. I don't really know for sure, but that's just kind of my take on it. And it just seemed to bleed through into the performance. I thought it was a really strong performance. Um, I remember drums, Jack's drumming was really solid. In this exactly. Yeah. You know, and so there, there's only so many shows you're going to get with Jack behind the drums. And so I, that's something that's key for me mm. when it comes to a performance like this of this track. Uh, the drums are what make the, the song in a lot of ways. And so uh, I really wanted something that, that featured Jack in that respect. And, and we get that here. Now, as far as this show is concerned, there is a bit of news in regards to what we thought might be the next vault release. Yeah. We've and been talking for, for a while about, we need a no code release. The band heard us. And they answered our call, Jason. They did, in the opposite way possible. (laughs) (laughs) And they gave us uh, a 2014 show where the band played No Code in its entirety, except, however, that show was already available on the usual bootleg circuit. So I guess the difference now is it's available for the first time on vinyl. Is that the rub here? I don't know, man. I, you know, I'm trying to be a grateful 
human. <laughs> I'm trying I, to say, hey, look, it, it, that's cool. I, I just feel like, um, you know what? It, it, why don't you have a whole separate series for just vinyl releases? You know, if you're going to do something like this with the vault release, we're looking for a show that is is hard to find, that a lot of people don't have a great cut of, or or, or maybe something that could really use a beautiful remastering. Mm. So, particularly the older shows where you didn't get the kind of quality you get from your standard bootleg release these days. I remember buying that album on iTunes, man, in 2014. Yeah. I, I, as a matter of fact, they did a few of these shows where they played prior albums in their entirety. They yeah. did one with 10, they did one with verse and so on. So I remember buying the Moline show specifically because I think they Moline front to back yeah. and the sound quality is fine. It's great. You know, it sounds crisp. It's wonderful. I'm not saying it couldn't be improved, but give us a show from 96. <laughs> this is not what I meant when I said I want to yeah. know coach show. It, it really doesn't I mean, make any sense, man. I mean, no, it, it, they, they, these vaults have spanned the career pretty evenly. And, and we, when we say vault. It, the idea is it's a show that hasn't been released before. It's a show that that people, if they've heard it, it's been, you know, it sounds like it's been recorded through a potato. Like it's, it just doesn't sound good. Um, I mean, there's a number of shows from 91. I was just talking um, to the guys at Live and Four Legs. Great podcast. Check them out as well. They are incredible when it comes to the live show and dissecting it. And we were chatting about this and he was also of the same mind that it's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, there's so many shows from 91 that had just have piss poor quality that if, if they had the audio, that'd be incredible to hear that era. Like, I mean, yeah. 92 is similar, but 91's even, you know, even before they hit a big, big. And then you have 94, you go to, I mean, you can even do Atlanta. Do Atlanta. Have a, have a soundboard of Atlanta. Even though we already have it on a radio broadcast, give me Atlanta. That'd be tremendous. Well, give- well that's the thing, right? You said the radio broadcast. That's, that's what this is. It's good the same thing with it Chicago. great. Exactly. Chicago they did was, that with was the radio field cast, show, right? But take this thing and give it the, you know, give it that extreme makeover. And, and, and I bet you it would just crush, man. I mean, yeah. give me the Berlin show. <laughs> give me, give me, give me Melbourne. Uh, there's, there's so many options here. I mean, even Hamburg two days later or whatever it was, yeah, was fantastic. Man. So I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I, I like buying all the vault shows because I just, it, it's part of the collection. I feel. I don't want to say cheated, but this idea that, well, God, you know, do, do I have to buy this? Of course not. I'm choosing to buy it if I buy it, but I'm not going to be happy doing it. <laughs> That's been, the thing. But have you been collecting all the all the vaults on vinyl? No. Okay, well, then there you go. That's the only reason why you'd get this is to yes, complete the yeah, vinyl exactly. Um, exactly. catalog of the vaults, which, which I don't have either. I don't have any of the vinyls on, on mm. vault. Um, it's all unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's really it's – really, um, Unfortunate is the right word. But anywho, let's not get too down in the dumps on this. No. We've got a great show. It's still available in really good quality. There's a number of places you can find this online. The Reddit Super Thread, Mega Thread, I think they call it. Uh, I believe your boys over at, uh, what is it called? SWB or something? What is it called? Which one? Yeah. Your your, Uh, your bootleg website. What's it called? Oh, well, there's a few of them. There's... um... Uh, I'd say wegotshit.blogspot.com. You can go to Pearl Jam Live. PearlJamLive.com's uh, got it's some good there, stuff. It's out there, It's out there. Hell, yeah. PearlJamBootlegs.org. Shoot, shoot us a message on, on social media, and I will get it to you. How yes. about that? I've got there it all. Go. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so, anywho, here it is, again, to Berlin, Germany, November 3rd, 1996. 
said it before i'll say it again jack irons and the drums for a no code song hard to beat it's kind of like money. hearing day rapper zc play something from 10 it just yeah, that's money. the way you kind of cannot lose hear it parker you know lewis can't lose parker lewis can't lose was that a tv show yeah you forget that, is that i'm a, glad you it, caught that reference was it nickelodeon I, no, I don't think. I, Parker I, Lewis I, I can't thought it was lose. Network, wasn't it? Like Holy Fox Moses. Yeah, that's like a, something I haven't heard in 20 years, that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's like your, your your facial expression is is classic enough that I wish Parker that this was like Lewis. a YouTube channel right now. It's like it's like saying, "Hey, remember that show? Hey, dude, <laughs> remember that with yeah, uh, Ben Stiller's now wife? Yeah, yeah. almost as cool as Briscoe County Junior. All right, <laughs> we are seriously dating ourselves here, gang. Um, so that was that was outstanding. In my tree, boom, Berlin, get that show. What a version. Uh, next week. We are wrapping up our tribute series, Paul. We are wrapping it up with the Mighty Ten Band. Uh, they are from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, part of the country mm-hmm. area, as well as trying to say, but I got lost in my own thoughts. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk to them. Anything, anything to wrap this thing up with? Uh, you know, man, it's a. I, I went on my my little rant about the the, the vault release. I've said my piece on. Uh, on this beautiful Berlin show, that we can I, keep I, talking I think, about the, the vault I think release. deserves it, no, <laughs> it. It deserves it deserves a re-release. It deserves the proper treatment. I'm hoping that we get a show from '96 soon, one day, any day before well, I die. Here's hoping 2021 has more positives involved, and that positive being a no-code era vault release. And until we hear that, and until we hear Ten Band next week. You've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Love and trust.